Good morning. Good morning. As we gather for worship, <laughs> let me give you a couple announcements as I welcome you here today. I think all this up here is part of Vacation Bible School. Vacation Bible School begins today at 6, 6 o'clock, okay? Vacation Bible School begins today here at 6 o'clock. Uh, annual conference also begins today. Mark your calendars. Two, let's see, is that two Sundays from today? No, that's three Sundays. This, this is one of the fifth Sunday months, June the 30th which means we're going to have a combined worship service. And it's the time to come over here in the Family Life Center. So we'll have combined worship service at 10 o'clock on June the 30th, which is the fifth Sunday. And then that is also Lake Day. And so we will be uh, leaving uh, from here after the service and going to, to the lake for our uh, hot dog hamburger lunch and afternoon fun. So um, please make sure you put that on your calendars. That's the fifth Sunday, June the 30th. Combined service here at 10 and then with Lake Day for lunch and afternoon fun. All right. If you have any prayer requests, would you, you need to, if you haven't already, raise your hand for that and let the ushers carry a prayer card to you. And Today at the 11 o'clock service, we are baptizing Scarlett Carolyn Eddy into the church. So you'll be aware of that. And I believe that's all. Announcements. You have announcements? Any announcements? All right. Let's stand and sing together.
for this glorious day we thank you when the sunshine breaks through the clouds lord and we thank you also for the rain that we know that we need lord we just come here to honor you to praise you and to lift you up higher than any other in our life lord help us to do that today and tomorrow and the next day and just the rest of our lives lord help us just to worship you and you alone in your name i pray amen this one has a lot of words, so try to keep up, but the words are so great, so make sure you're paying attention. People in the river, hell, Simon, in the Peter, Saul, in the Paul, and Sarah, and the saint. Morning in the gladness, joy from the sadness, something about the change ain't got so great.
so much more than we could ever see. It's all about the change. It's not who you are right now. There's a difference between faith and one that seems to be. It's not what I think. It's what he thinks of me. Tell them good morning, and children, come to the carpet. Happy summer! <laughs> Are you guys so excited to be out of school? Yeah, awesome. Are you guys excited about tonight? I know here at Memorial Vacation Bible School starting, and I know Miss Katie and all the helpers are so excited. Okay, well, I wanted to talk to you guys this morning about um, special things. Do you guys have anything that you carry around with you or take with you? Yeah, kind of wherever you go. What is Eli, what do you take? Your pirate bracelet. All right, Jenna, what about you? Your purse. What about you? You forgot. Okay. Um, what, a bracelet? Yes. Okay. Well, I take this diaper bag with me wherever I go. <laughs> it's kind of where I am right now. But my kids, whenever we go places special, Ryan takes Blue Puppy and Bailey takes Baby with her wherever she goes, okay? And it's kind of like our comfort, and it's something that we hold on to, maybe when we're scared or when we're not scared, when we're really excited. I know this morning, calm down, Blue. I know Blue Puppy this morning was playing guitars with Ryan, so they were just rocking out together. Squirrel and Squirrel too, yes. So, do you know that God gave us someone to stick with us wherever we go? Yeah? Do you know? Okay, let's do it. We've got God. God has God is three in one, right? There's God, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit. And God gave us the Holy Spirit to stay with us wherever we go. And he's to, um, he helps gives up, gives up, give us wisdom, which is trying to make good decisions and being smart. And he's there as our comforter. Okay, He's kind of there as our buddy. Kind of like blue puppy or baby or my diaper bag. Or your bracelets or your purses. 
okay? Let's say a prayer. All right, dear God, thank you for you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And thanks for being with us wherever we go. Help us to remember to look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Rochelle, my, we used to carry around baby wipes all the time, baby wipes, and now we're carrying around baby wipes again. Not because of the grandkids, because of <laughs> Joseph's so messy <laughs> when, you, when we go through the drive-thru. So we come now to our time of prayer. I, I want you to continue to remember Brett and also... Um, Bob Dunlap, who's not doing so well, please continue to remember him. Let us pray. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh Lord, you are our hope. You're our hope in trouble. You're our hope for the future. And we praise you now, oh Lord, and we come before you offering our, our praise and our petitions. And we humbly confess our sins, oh God. We know that from time to time, uh, even though you've provided for our every need, we do not act like we know that. We do not live thankfully in light of your gifts of grace and sustenance. And we, and we blame you when things do not go our way. We pray, O oh God, this day that you'd have mercy upon us. That you'd raise us up once more by the power of that Holy Spirit uh, to help us to be the disciples you want us to be. And we pray that that same spirit would give us a clear vision of our task so that we might live in ways that cause others to glorify you. Now, Lord, we're here not only because we love you and because we are disciples, but we're here to know and to go forth in the world, to transform the world into the image you would have it to be. Lord, we pray this day for many who are on our prayer list. We pray for Shane and Molly and Thomas and Maddie. We pray, oh God, for, for those uh, who are sick, those who, are, who have problems in their minds and their spirits. And we pray, oh Lord, uh, those um, who are mourning this day and those who are dying. We pray, oh Lord, that you would visit all who are alone, comfort all of us, and let us know that we are not alone, that your generosity uh, is with us through the power of the Holy Spirit as we pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, I was thinking that the words to that song, that second song, probably ought to be the scripture. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe after we read the scripture, I might have you go back and just some of those words where things change because that's really what this is about. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11, you will hear Paul talking about his conversion. Uh, and uh, let's read it. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from anyone, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. You may recall the Damascus Road appearance when the blinding light uh, blinded Paul, uh, who was known as Saul at the time. For you have heard of my previous way of life, how intensely I persecuted the church and tried to destroy it. Uh, I was advancing beyond others and of my own age, and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But then when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was. In other words, he didn't go consult anyone after he had his conversion experience to see if it was real. He knew it was real. But I immediately went into Arabia and later returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem then to get acquainted with Peter and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. I assure you before God that what I am writing you is no lie. Later I went to Syria and Sicilia, and I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard this report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for Paul's conversion. We thank you for our conversion. And we thank you in advance for all those who we will touch in our life uh, and will we'll come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We pray, O oh Lord, your Holy Spirit, to be with us this day. And we pray for all those who've ended the school year and who begin summer. And we pray, O oh Lord, for safety as they travel to and fro on vacation and to the many activities of summertime. We pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Now, now want, there's a story told about a woman who bought a, a piece of needlework at a craft fair, and on it was stitched these words, prayer changes things. Uh, prayer changes things. Now, she hung this above the fireplace in the family room, and several days later she noticed it was missing, and she asked her husband, she says, you know anything about this, why it's this missing? And he says, I removed it. And she said, don't you believe that prayer changes things? And he said, yes, I do. I believe in prayer. I believe that prayer changes things. I just don't like change. And so I took it down. 
And I thought, you know, as I was, I loved that song because it talks about all the ways that God changes us for the better and for things for the better. And yet, if you ask somebody uh, if they like change, they almost always say no. Uh, it, it almost has become, uh, the, you know, like you can't talk about religion or money outside of, the, of your own family. It's almost like that anymore about the word change. People just don't like change. But what it really says is that people don't like to change themselves, you see, because that's what change is about. It's about change in us. It's about us changing. It's about things changing in our life. And I have seen as a minister that many times uh, people, for example, caught in a troubled relationship won't seek counseling. Uh, they, they would rather the relationship break down than, than to change. I've seen people caught in uh, cycles of addictions uh, who felt desperate about their lives and yet they still would not seek the help or the change that it required uh, for them to get out from under those addictions. Now I'll tell you change is difficult, there's no doubt about it. And most of us do resist change. But what is really so odd to understand is why we resist change that would actually be in our best interest. Why we resist change that would be so helpful for us. Let me give you one example, one that I bet you've never heard. The standard typewriter keyboard known as QWERTY, that you see that, uh, is a good example. Did you know that, the, have you ever paid attention that the most frequently used keys are located as far as possible from each other? Now, the original purpose of this arrangement was to slow down a person typing because the early typewriters would jam if the typist went too fast. Well, about 30-some years or so ago, a new keyboard was developed. On this keyboard, tests showed that typists could increase their speed by up to five times with no errors. And yet, we still labor on this QWERTY keyboard, which was designed to be inefficient because we don't like to change. In fact, some people are so rigid that they cannot change even when the facts are in total opposition. There was a study done with an experiment of people and they were showed these squares, two inch and five inch squares. Well, as they asked them what size they were and they, they said, well, we think these are two inch, we think these are five inch. Well, then they started changing the sizes of the squares. Well, when they asked the people what the size of the squares were, what do you think they said? They said they were still two inches and five inches, even though it's clearly they were getting bigger. They were being increased in size. It's that the it says like it was like that people, even though they were increasing, they wouldn't believe their eyes. They had already decided this was what it was, and they could not change their original estimate. You know, it's amazing to me, overwhelming evidence and yet they could not change what they said. But the thing is change, even though it's difficult, change is possible. St. Paul is the best example that we have in the Bible of a person who changed completely. He had been a fierce persecutor of the Christian community as you just heard in the scripture that was read. But he became its most eloquent spokesperson. In fact, uh, Paul's letters in the Bible are more studied, more preached upon than any other parts of the Bible. People can and do change. Paul went from someone who was anti-Christian 
to the one who promoted Christianity more than anyone else in history. But to change, there has to be some progression. And so I think, I've boiled it down to just a few things that I think is important. For us to change, we, it has to be so painful the way we are that we desire change. In other words, we change when it is too painful to remain as we are. How many times have you heard about someone who had a medical scare and then the medical scare caused them to make major lifestyle changes? Few people will even attempt change unless staying the way they are is more painful. Time and again in the church what we find is that churches begin, until they almost get to the point that they are about to die off and be closed which is really, really hard, painful, do they finally start doing things that we revitalize their congregation. The second thing I think about effective change in your life comes from this. You have to have a vision of something better uh, that you want to aspire to. Uh, people who study human behavior tell us that this procedure or this process called visualization is a powerful tool for people when they want to change. If you can see yourself, for example, as something else or in some other way, uh, then you can probably become what it is that you visualize. For example, if you see yourself as being successful, uh, that picture will guide you to make better choices. Of course, there are limits to this visualization. Uh, I can't visualize myself six feet tall no matter how hard I try. I'm not going to be six feet tall. But if I visualize that there's things that I want to do, I want to be better at, I want to get rid of some habit that I have, if I visualize that, I'm a long ways towards making that change. When we see ourselves as the way God wants us to be, as God created us to be, when we see that image of ourselves, it can motivate us to change. That's why every follower of Jesus should have a picture of Jesus in their mind as a way uh, to change their selves. For example, and I don't mean a picture of Jesus in your mind of his appearance. I don't mean that. But the kind of person that he was. His, what he exhibited in his life. How he was... Uh, gentle with people, uh, how he was patient and accepting of people, why, how he was wi willing to stand up though for his convictions and not, and not waver, how he had a willingness to serve even to the point of laying down his life for others. This is a picture of Christ Jesus that you can visualize and keep in your mind to help you, guide you to the change that you'd like to see in your life. In fact, this picture has guided people uh, millions of people, I think, to rise to new levels of humanity by simply visualizing Christ and visualizing a way that they can uh, be more Christ-like. There is an old spiritual that's sung sometimes, says, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. You ever heard that? 
says the old spiritual. And this is a key to a changed life. This is the, actually the major key to, to a changed life. You can go into all kinds of self-help things and every stuff, and they help. There's no doubt about that. You can practice yoga and other things like that. But Jesus still is the main focus of your life, and that's the key to a changed life. We can change and improve our life, improve those things we want to improve in our life if we are serious about it, if we want to, and if we have a mental image of the kind of person God has created us to be. Most of all, though, change comes when we surrender our will to God. The important thing about St. Paul to remember is this, is that he became surrendered to the will of God. He became totally surrendered to the will of God. And his conversion was complete. As the Scripture, as he alluded in the Scripture, uh, he didn't go and check to see with anybody if his conversion was real. He knew it was real. He knew... He was now a changed person. He knew that he had to act in different ways. It wasn't just a product of some New Year's resolution, which is a lot of our change, and that doesn't last very long, or a naive desire to somehow we're just going to live a better life and it's going to happen without us doing anything about it. It was an unconditional surrender to God. And that's the way complete change occurs. You have to work on it daily, and it's something you have to consciously be thinking and visualizing to do. Bishop Jones, who is now deceased, once said that he had seen many people leave loved ones and friends and home businesses and prospects and, uh, and go to other lands to, uh, to, to work and help with people. He, he said the only thing is they'd given up everything except self. He said self was still there, being assertive and jealous of its place and honor. The greatest battle <clears throat> any of us undertake is the battle with self. It's that battle, that battle between our good and bad parts. But there's no way to win that battle on your own. The only way you can win that battle is to surrender your will. You have to surrender your will and become submissive to God's will to understand the Lordship of Christ. What does that mean? What does that mean every day? What does that mean when I get up and go to work or to school or to play? What does that mean? How am I going to be submissive to God's will? How is that going to be reflected in my life uh, to those around me? And how will that change be uh, good and affect other people for good? There's really no other way except to do that. And that is a daily, lifelong journey. It's not something that happens overnight. It reminds me of, a, of something I read where a, a, a young girl had, was trying to, struggling with an with a English assignment and writing a poem. And after a long time of struggle, she finally wrote this poem. Although three hours it cost, I'm still not Robert Frost. Okay. which is the way it is. We, we, we say, okay, I'm going to become whatever it is, and then I tr do it for about three hours, and then I give up. Change does not come in three hours. I, it generally takes a lot longer. Change is the product of a lifelong commitment to Christ Jesus. It's, it's a, it is 
really and truly though worth the price. That's why I said I wish we could put back some of them lyrics because those, those lyrics were so true. Uh, those are the ways that God will change you. And you see, the reason we should love change is several reasons. One is because it's only by change that we move down a world of darkness into a world of the light. It's only from change that we move from despair to hope. And it's only by change that we move from the death of this life into the new life of the next. We can and should want to change. Uh, our, whole, our bodies are constantly changing, whether we like it or not, and we should embrace change as a way of living fully uh, in this world today. Let me end with this uh, true story from Earl Weaver, who was a manager of the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, he would charge sometimes up to the empire, umpires, and he would, he would shout as he got up to them, he, as, now, y'all know enough about baseball, right? The umpire's going to go, is the, the manager's going to go jump on the umpire because he didn't like his call, right? Okay. And he would go up to him and he would shout, are you going to get any better or is this it? Okay, to the umpire. And I thought, you know, maybe this is what God is asking me. Maybe this is what God is asking you. Uh, are we going to get any better or is this it? Uh, are we going to change in those areas in our life that we need to change? Uh, are we going to, to e effectively understand how God's hand is with us and how God wants us to change and be molded into His image? You know, everybody, everybody here has something in this life that they need to change. As some of us need to change bigger things than others, but it's still things we need to change. And we can change. We can change as human beings. We can change as a society. We can change, I believe, uh, uh, in the church and in, as, in, in the world if we will just go back to our, our first understanding that all change uh, comes if we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. And if we're willing to fix our eyes on Jesus, if we're willing to surrender our lives to the Lordship of the, of the Christ, then we will change. And prayer does change things. So prayer is a major part of that. We need to be in prayer about whatever it is we want to change in our life. Amen. Let us respond by the, with our affirmation. Let us join together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life in death, and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward now as we receive our tithes and our offerings.
lost a little bit distance just because I am. Things just seem to feel a little bit different, you understand. Believe it or not, the life is not apparently about me anyways. But I have met the one who really is worthy, so let me say. So long, Sam, when it's been fun, but I have found somebody else. So long, Sam, there's just no room but two, so you are gonna have to move. So long, Sam, don't take this wrong, but you are wrong for me. Farewell, go well, goodbye, don't cry. Oh, so long, Sam. right there because I know what you're thinking, but no, we can't be friends. Even though I know your heart is breaking, this has to win. Come to think of it, the blame for all of this simply falls on me. Wanting something more in life than all of this, so can't you see? So long, self, but let's been fine, but I have found somebody else. So long, self, this run for so you are gonna have to move. So long, self, don't take this wrong, but you are wrong for me. Farewell, oh well, goodbye, don't cry. Don't feel so bad. Don't feel so bad. Yeah. 
But God 
blessings of the God that we know as creator, redeemer, sustainer. May you know and receive their, his blessings. Amen. Have a great week.